0: Welcome to the Beyond Mom Podcast, the podcast for moms seeking connection to self while navigating the journey of motherhood. Get inspired with our practical tools, soulful conversations, and honest stories told by other women like you. From entrepreneurship to healthy living to style, Beyond Mom will spark you to live the thriving life you deserve. And now, join our host, Brandi Zinn, as she takes you beyond mom. Hello and welcome to On Air with Beyond Mom. This is Randy, your host and founder of the Beyond Mom community. I'm super excited to be here today with somebody who I positively adore, who I follow her work, I listen to her podcast, and I'm really happy at this point to call her a friend. It is the fabulous Terry Cole here with me today. Hi Terry.
1: Hi Randy. Hi Beyond Mom crew.
0: <laughs> Terry is a licensed psychotherapist, a boundary and relationship expert, and the founder of Real Love Revolution and Boundary Bootcamp, her two female empowerment courses reaching women all over the world. Terry's strategies combine practical psychology, Eastern mindfulness practices, harnessing the power of intention, creating positive behavioral changes, all leading to true transformation. And I just want to say that there's certain people that just speak to me. And for those that follow me and hang out with me know that I don't promote people unless I dig them. That's kind of like my thing. So Terry just gives it like it is, but it's so rooted in love and compassion. And that to me is the magic cocktail. So I've also had the privilege of hanging out with Terry up at Soul Camp and watching her interact with people in real time with, you know, just real life stuff. And there's just something really magical about sharing that space with her. And today is a very special conversation because we are talking about something that affects everybody, every single relationship, and really, really affects us when we become moms. And that is boundaries and terry is going to enlighten us all about boundaries today and share with us this amazing boundary boot camp program that she has designed and i am super excited to be supporting and hoping that beyond moms are really going to be signing up for this baby because it can make a major difference in your life when you understand how you're operating and how the people in your life are operating with you it's like earth shattering so terry Tell us more about you and this work and about boundaries and why we need to know all about this.
1: Well, especially as moms, right? I mean, boundaries are such a major part of being a partner and being a mother. And I really, how I came about becoming obsessed with boundaries myself really had to do with my own life, what was happening in my own life, what was not happening in my own life. So, you know, this has been something that I've been interested in in years and only in the past two years have I created real content so that I could share it with all the women across the world.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, it comes from our own life, right? It comes through navigating our own shit, for lack of a better word, that we discover what works, what doesn't work, and the spaces, the vulnerabilities. I love that you share your own stories, Terry. I mean, and that always strikes me. Whenever you're talking about this stuff, it's like your marriage and your kids and your work and, and you feel that. So, yes.
1: So let's talk about why boundaries. Why are they hard? You know, I saw that someone told me that Marianne Williamson put up a post the other day about, oh, everyone's talking about boundaries. I wish I had less boundaries when I was younger. I might have been more open to love or something like that. And I was going to go look for it and make a comment on it and say, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about the difference between disordered or dysfunctional or unhealthy boundaries and healthy, vibrant, flexible, transparent boundaries. So if she was too boundaryed in her youth, right, if fear made her be too boundaryed, that doesn't mean she had too much boundaries. It means that she had disordered boundaries is my point. So why is it so hard for us to understand what boundaries are, why we need them and how to do it? How about we start there?
0: Yeah, good idea.
1: Well, first of all, nobody teaches us. So let's start with that as the biggest problem. And in fact, we're taught the opposite of that. We're taught to be good girls, to be nice, to be dutiful, to be perfect, to be smart, to achieve, right? To get good grades, to be nice to your grandma, to be nice to everyone. And this really does teach us that the primary job that we have as young girls is to be good and nice. This many times is in direct conflict with having boundaries. Now, you can always draw boundaries gently and with kindness, sure. But what we learned as little girls, most of us, was to put what other people wanted and how other people felt above our own feelings, our own desires, right? We weren't really taught to be truthful, most of us. They want you to be honest, right? We got that message of like, don't lie, don't cheat. Okay, we got it. But that's not the same. As teaching young girls what it means to have agency over themselves, what it means to have agency over your body. Because if we had learned that, this me too thing that's finally coming to the fore, although it's been happening, I was a talent agent 25 years ago and it was running rampant then and probably still is. But I mean, the conversation is now in the forefront. If we were really taught boundaries as kids, we would not have the situation we have there, you know? So if you don't know how to, draw effective boundaries, or if you feel that yours are too, I think we should get into the types of boundaries, Randy, because it'll make it more easy. It'll make it easier.
0: I was going to actually say that. I I want you to roll and talk about what you talk about. But I got to say, when we had the chance to be in our circle of conversation up at Soul Camp not long ago, and you went into these boundary archetypes, I mean, you know, I was like, what? I had all these epiphanies about not only who I am, but who people in my life are. And it clarified for me so much of why certain relationships operate the way that they do.
1: Yes. Well, we'll talk about the six unhealthy boundary styles, right? So that's one thing. But I first want to talk about the three categories of boundaries, and then we'll get into the archetypes, okay? Okay, cool. Great. All right. So the three categories, we talk about porous boundaries, we talk about rigid boundaries, and we talk about healthy boundaries. So let's, I just want to go over a little bit of what it might look or feel like in your life if you have one of these styles, now obviously the healthy boundaries, I'll get to that in the end, but that's something that this is the goal, it's what we want. If you have rigid boundaries, you might avoid intimacy and close relationships. You might dislike or simply not ask for help. You may not have a lot of close relationships. You might only have a few. You might be very protective of your personal information, bordering on being secretive or even a little paranoid. You may seem detached even when you're in romantic relationships, and you have a tendency to keep others at a distance to avoid being vulnerable and the possibility of being rejected. So that is a rigid boundary style, which I believe is what Marianne Williamson was talking about. Having two, your boundaries are too strong, too big. And disordered boundaries, before I get into the poorest style, let me just say that disordered boundaries are any boundaries that get in the way of you having deep intimacy in your life, you feeling inner peace, you feeling known, seen, heard. Any boundary that gets in the way of you living your life in an authentic way and feeling safe, feeling grounded, those are disordered boundaries.
0: Yeah, I want to highlight that, Terry, because i not to interrupt the flow of these boundary styles here, but I think, you know, for those of you that might be listening, you might say like, boundaries, yeah, 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 cool, cool. But I mean, I realize, I think in so many conversations with so many women, and once we have a deeper understanding of this conversation, we'll get into why moms and what's the motherhood part of this. But how often we're kind of comfortably uncomfortable in these boundary styles that we're In And if we really stopped and thought about it, we might not feel so heard or we might not feel so safe. And how often even for myself, I can admit I sometimes swallow the things I really truly want to say. And I think this, the more that I've been learning about this and spending time with you, Terry, like the more that I realize like this is boundary stuff. So just like, you know, say that this is really an impactful discussion. So anyhow.
1: I think that's an important highlight of what you're sharing there, Randy, because as moms, as business owners, we're moving and grooving. We've got things going on. And if there isn't a disaster and if the house isn't on fire, there's so much that we can sort of deny or just be like, I just got to get through this or I just got to get through that. Not really looking at the macro view of the way that you interact with others, because that's really what boundaries are. As Brene Brown would say, very simply, they're letting the people in your life know what's okay with you and what's not okay with you, right? Emotional boundaries, knowing what they are, is knowing where you end and the other person begins. So I like Brene's definition because it's so simple. There's no way to misunderstand it. It is not complicated. Do you let the people in your life know what is okay with you and what is not okay with you? That's it. You know, I mean, if we were going to, obviously it's more complicated than that. It's simple. And yet that doesn't make it easy necessarily. All right. So we got the rigid boundary style. We understand what that is, whether that's you or whether that's someone you know, You understand, now that I described it, what it looks like. So let's move into porous boundary style. You tend to overshare your personal information, like too much, too soon. You suffer from the disease to please, so saying no to the requests of others can be challenging. You can easily get sucked into other people's problems, right? This is a codependent trait. You may rely heavily on the opinions of others to basically inform or create or take theirs to be your own opinion, you might tolerate abuse or disrespect. And you fear this fear of rejection is very profound. And it drives you to comply with the demands and the desires of others, even if it's at the expense of yourself, because the fear of rejection is so great.
0: I'm a little porous, Terry, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those of us
1: who, who are in all the women in my crew, if we're going to lean e- anyway, any way, it's definitely towards the lovers have a tendency to lean towards porous boundaries.
0: Yeah, yeah. The high
1: functioning codependence, right? As this phrase that I coined, but high functioning piece of it, right? Obviously not codependency, but the women in your crew, I think, are very close demographic wise to the women in my crew, which is that, oh, we get it all done. Yes, we do. End. A lot of the time it's at the expense of ourselves, our energy, our self-care, sleep, working out, doing the things that we need to do, and that's what makes it high-functioning codependency because when you think of regular codependency like Melody Beatty, 1987 codependent, no more codependency, I would go, yeah, no, that seems like weak, and it's always women involved with alcoholics or drug addicts. That's not it because the women in my crew are not that right? They're getting it all done, making it look easy. But it's the internal lack of satisfaction, peace, and joy that is a problem. And so much of that can really be rooted back to not having healthy boundaries. So let's move into the healthy boundary style, shall we? We shall. Okay. If you have healthy boundaries, you know and value your own thoughts and your own opinions. You don't compromise your values or your ethics for others. Uh, you share your personal information in an appropriate way, right, over time with people who've proven themselves to be trustworthy. You are clear about your wants, your needs, and desires. You can communicate those. You can make that simple request. And you can even negotiate for them, even if there's a little pushback. You might even have the gumption to go back and say, oh, hey, you know what, though? The last three times we met, we went where you wanted to have lunch. I really want to go where I want to go today, you know? And I feel like with so many people, it's hard to do that. And the last one is that you can say no when you need to, but you can also accept and respect when other people say no to you. And obviously, you know, I can't make a list that's 4,000 things long. So these are the basic traits of having a healthy boundary style.
0: May I just say the obvious here, Terry, that there is nothing like becoming a mom that will just throw this shit in your face. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is just crazy how all of your stuff comes up when you're dealing with these little beings that come onto the planet and require you to shape them and they think that they know everything. It is crazy. I mean, when I Wait hear you,
1: they're teens.
0: I know. Wait. I know. Oh my god! But when you describe these traits and what a healthy, balanced perspective and way of operating actually looks and you know should feel like. You know, it makes me sort of self-scan and say, well, when do I feel like I'm really operating that way? And I realize that, you know, the interaction with these little people in particular really challenge those parts of yourself. And to bring it back to why I feel this discussion is so important it's that if we can have a mastery of this and an understanding of this on a deep, deep soul level, like, wow, what a more powerful job we could do raising our children managing our businesses, and then most importantly, feeling like a whole person.
1: Yes, but let's go back to the feeling state that you said, you know, once I just talked about how it can be, and then you said something about the way it feels. So what I want to say about that is that in the beginning, when you're changing something, it feels scary, It feel, you have trepidation, you have insecurity, you think you're going to do it wrong, you feel like you might need to use a sledgehammer, or maybe you do use a sledgehammer, when like a pencil eraser would have done the job just fine. So part of it is know that when you change something, the way that you're interacting... In your relationships there's going to be pushback and initially the feeling is going to be like ah oh, this is too hard this is scary this is time consuming la 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 but in the end when you think about all of the myths that are out there about boundaries one of them is that oh it's too time consuming and i want to be like you know it's time consuming the boundary disasters cleaning up after them year in and year out and you could do that for the rest of this lifetime feeling frustrated not feeling seen, ending up over-functioning, over-giving, overdoing, and then becoming bitter. And that whole martyr syndrome, that shit is real. That happens. You think it will never be you, but if you don't get your boundaries in order and learn how to stop, if you are the over-giver, over-doer, over-functioner, there comes a point where something will give. Usually it's your body, autoimmune disorder, another diagnosis, something, the universe has been like tapping you on the shoulder and whispering in your ear, but you're not listening. I want to say like, there's always time to change. But in the end, if you don't figure this out, because the real deal with boundaries is that instead of walking around annoyed all the time, constricted, feeling frustrated, that things aren't the way that you want them to be, or that people are not reading your mind, right? We tell ourselves all these lies about boundaries to protect us from having to draw them. So we say any normal person would have known that that was like the incorrect thing to do. Like if if he was raised right, he would know. All of these are ways to avoid just saying, oh, hey, you know what, Bob? That completely doesn't work for me. So I'm gonna make a simple request that you stop doing X, Y, and Z. Can you and I agree that you will stop doing X, Y, and Z? Because that would be great. Like there are ways to do this, you guys, that is not super confronting you can do it with ease and grace you can be super diplomatic and hey sometimes a little bit of heat is all right because people deserve it and because if you want that boundary to be respected especially if it's a boundary bully but it doesn't have to turn into like it doesn't have to devolve into something terrible it's your fear mind That tells you, and it's the child within who's like, oh no, that's just, forget it. That's just too scary. I can't confront my mother. Even if you're grown up, if your mother was someone who was scary or intimidating to you or whose affection, attention, approval you really wanted, it can be just as hard at the age of 35 or 40 as it was at the age of 10. But the real deal is that you're not 10 and that there comes a point in life where your relationship as a grown adult with your parents appropriately changes if you're doing your work, right? You don't need to let your mother give you unasked for advice and criticism. You actually don't. And hey, maybe it doesn't bother you and that's cool. So then you don't need to draw that boundary either. But my point is, if it does bother you, it's a boundary that's very important to draw because when you don't, you build up all this resentment of like, why is my mother always telling me what to do? She always thinks I'm doing the wrong thing in my life. She's always giving me parenting advice or whatever it is. And that gets in the way of anyone creating a deeper intimacy in that relationship. So there's so many different ways, you know, Randy, of looking at boundaries and there's so many ways that we avoid putting ourselves in a position to do it. But it is so important because you also, as you said at the top of this interview, we want to model behavior for our children. Not just how we interact with them, right? We also want that we are modeling behavior, whether we want to or not, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. And also, something you also just hit on kind of struck a chord with me. I think that we obviously are totally right that when you're changing patterns and changing the ways of doing things, there is a, a fear space that we might touch and there's a discomfort. And All of that is, quote, normal. I mean, it's part of the navigation of something fresh and new. Mm -hmm. And what we don't know is what it feels like to be on the other side. I've discovered it's usually much better. (laughs) You know, I've also realized, even for myself, I'm sometimes afraid of any sort of confrontation, thinking that that means that a relationship will go bad. But in fact, like being comfortable with the fact that. All of these relationships in our lives, particularly these most close ones, you know, our children, our partner, our parents, these are evolving, living things. And it's helped me. I think, to start doing the work of saying, you know, if I sit down with my partner and we have a little bit of a fight, if you want to call it that, or a disagreement, and we're working through some stuff and I'm setting some boundaries, I'm saying what's not working for me, something that's not feeling right. That discomfort in the change of having that voice with my partner doesn't mean that something is falling apart. Like we assign, as you said, the fear mind works with us and it tells us that something's wrong, but it's not necessarily wrong. It's a living thing.
1: Yes. And I think that there's also you know randy a way to normalize within a romantic relationship whether it's a marriage or just a partnership or whatever where i always when i used to uh, work with couples i created this thing called the state of the union and so every other week let's say or every week you just choose one meal or one time of the week where you talk about how it's going and we start to normalize we always start it with gratitude thank you so much this week it was great that you Fed the kids every night because I was working, or whatever it is, you know, thanking each other. Not that you're thanking the husband because they don't do it. I just, I literally mean thanking each other for the things that the effort that they did make and sharing gratitude for who they are or the small things that you love about them, something. We always start with the positive. But then moving into saying, you know, I would have appreciated more support. When we were in that conversation with the neighbors on whatever the boundary is that you would like, whatever need really wasn't met. And when you're able to normalize those conversations by having a state of the union, you take control over what it means rather than having this fear of like, "Ugh, we're getting into it, we're having a tiff, quote unquote. We take all the heat out of it by normalizing real conversations about good stuff and stuff that could be better
0: 100 percent. we call it couch talk but same thing (laughs) couch (laughs) talk state of the union same thing yep yep you know it's interesting too i mean i'm it's never too late you know what i mean like i think some people can feel like relationships are so far gone or patterns are so long term that there's just no way it could ever get better and i do completely disagree with that because I feel like as long as we're breathing, there's opportunity to grow. And these relationships can always shift and change. And if nothing else, like you always say, Terry, you know, you do the work, you change you and work from there. And so I always empower the people that I speak to and that come to my stuff to never hesitate To begin this work, a lot of women write on that note right before they have children, they'll say, what kind of habits can I create now? You know, now that a child is coming, I'm like, my answer to that is start now, (laughs) because when things get crazy, you have to have these habits. That's why I love this idea of, of, you know, State of the Union or Couch Talk. It's like you have to have these habits in motion and start now.
1: Yep. Starting now. I also think that people saying it can never change. Again, that's a part of your fear mind or your mafia mind, as I call it, trying to keep you where you are. Stay in the safe place of the known. Even if the known is making you miserable, your fear mind doesn't give a crap, right? It just wants you to stay, quote unquote, safe. And so my point is, I question those limiting beliefs and be willing To let the chips fall where they may. And I think that that's a big part of it is that you have to be willing to be in motion of change if you're going to initiate change, you know?
0: Totally. So, do we have time to talk about these archetypes, Terry? Like, even just like a minute or two of each one? Because I think it's kind of cool.
1: We'll do it real quick. So, these are archetypes, and you guys are going to be able to sort of see yourself in this archetype. So, the first archetype we talk about is the Ice Queen. And when Your boundaries are out of balance. People might describe you as unavailable, stubborn, closed off, inflexible, uncompromising, unchangeable, tough, adamant. So you come off as believing that your way is the only way. If others don't agree, you don't care, you'll go solo. You're not afraid to let people know where you stand on the subject, whatever the subject is, and you're usually not exactly interested in discussing the other person's point of view. So like you're very on your track. You can be distrustful and easily offended, although you're more likely to cut off offenders, right? If somebody offends you, you're more likely to cut them out of your life completely than have a conversation and tell them why they upset you. So that is the out-of-balance ice queen. So let's move into the next one, which is the pushover. When you're out of balance, people might describe you as nice, too open, not assertive, overly accommodating, passive. You can feel invisible. And although you might be aware of how you feel and what you want, sharing that in the moment is really hard because you tend to freeze. Now, this can also leave you feeling hurt, used, and resentful. So out of balance, you might be the pushover. The next one is the loner. And if you're out of balance, people might describe you as unreachable, distant, disconnected, cold, absent, non-communicative, aloof, and unreliable. Now, for you, it's difficult to share yourself emotionally or physically with others in a deep way. Who you really are and what you authentically want in this life could forever remain a mystery to your nearest and dearest family and friends. You can be self-protective and elusive. So if things start getting hot for the loner, they like remove themselves. They go back up into their tower to get away from what they can't deal with. The next style, third style, is the chameleon. So if you're out of balance, people might describe you as codependent, symbiotic, having no opinions of your own, having a weak identity, overly influenced by your partner, your friends, or your family. So if you're the chameleon, you can take on the likes and the dislikes and opinions of your partner, friends, and family. Your self-esteem is actually dependent upon approval and reassurance from your relationships. So really, it's like your self-identity is determined more by your relationships than by your individuality. The next one is the powerhouse, and I bet we've got a bunch of these in your crew. So, if you're out of balance, people might describe you as forceful, bossy, invasive, insensitive, an interrupter, self centered, and pushy. Here's the thing though you can be really charismatic as you're basically cramming your agenda forward, regardless of how anyone else might feel about it. You can be blind to others' discomfort or resentment. When you're really out of balance, you can sit too close, talk too loud, or give unsolicited advice or criticism. And keep in mind, you guys, I'm talking about when you're out of balance. Many of these qualities in these archetypes are also your special sauce, your secret power, right? The charismatic part of the powerhouse. It's only when you're out of balance, when you're not being mindful, when you haven't learned how to draw healthy boundaries, that you're living in this out-of-balance state. But you can absolutely get balanced. Trust me. The next one is the peacekeeper. And I think we probably have some of these. And keep in mind, you guys, you could have most people have a primary archetype, and then there's a secondary archetype that's in there as well. So as the peacekeeper, if your boundaries are out of balance, people might describe you as highly sensitive, an empath, fearful, vigilant, conflict-averse, overfunctioner, hyperreceptive. hyper-receptive. So, gotta say the peacekeeper can suffer from the disease to please, which means to please others, which leaves you little time or space to authentically know what you really want. Your main goal is to avoid or diffuse conflict. So those are the six archetypes. And we will give you a link if you want to put into this as well, where people can actually get a copy of this. And in the meantime, let's tell people how they can learn more about this, shall we?
0: Yeah, 100%. So I am now boundary obsessed, thanks to Terry. And (laughs) I know that some of you listening to this are now like, okay, what? How do I learn more? And how do I bring this into my life And so Terry has this amazing program that she is now going to tell us about, and she's going to give us a sense of how can you get involved and sign up. And all of the information, all the links will be included in all of the text around this podcast. So worry not, but listen now.
1: Okay. So you guys, I'm doing a totally free, big, beautiful boundary masterclass on September 14th at one o'clock. It will be live. So you can sign up for it and Randy will have all all of the links for you. And in that masterclass, we're going to handle how to disarm boundary bullies. We're going to handle how to stop those auto advice givers from giving you advice and or criticism that you did not ask for and do not want. And we're going to dive deeper into your unique downloaded boundary blueprint, which is basically you understanding why You relate the way you do because this information right now is probably in your unconscious mind. So in this masterclass, we're going to be bringing it into the main part of the house because knowledge truly is power when it comes to boundaries. And then you will know where to best put your energy in the things that you want to change. And I'll also give you an opportunity and a little sneak peek to looking into my eight week, I've got a coaching course coming up at the end of September. And I'm going to be sharing a little sneak peek and giving a bunch of bonuses away and special offers. So you guys don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. It is going to be awesome. Trust me, you guys, like this is the kind of work that can radically shift your entire mindset, your relationships, your sense of self. This is the work and terry is the person you want to do it with that's all i have to say and as i started
1: as soon as you guys sign up though you'll also get the big beautiful boundary workbook which has all the notes in it already space for you to take notes but then i've included a whole bunch of bonus content for you to have and the workbook is absolutely gorgeous and you can also sign up for those facebook little messenger things so that you know when we're going live and you don't miss a thing i think we've thought of everything (laughs)
0: I think so. Okay. Well, Terry, you're the best. I love you. I respect your work so much and thank you for all that you do. Yeah. You rock.
1: Thank you so much. I love your community. I love you. I love what you're doing and I'm so psyched to share this mind blowing stuff about boundaries because I promise you together we will be lessening suffering and upping the joy in your life.
0: That's what we all want. So for all of you who tuned into this podcast, I thank you for tuning in and for giving a little bit of a sliver of time to yourself. It's so, so, so critical, so important, and you so deserve it. And before you go, head over to beyondmom.com. Make sure you leave your email because this is the way that you're able to receive our newsletters, updates when our podcasts go live, and updates on all of our retreats and events. You don't want to miss it. And this is the way to stay completely in the loop of all things Beyond mom have an absolutely beautiful day